this is an emergency broadcast from Monkey Barrel Studios to you, the Enjoy an Album listener. Did you know that we are doing a live show at the Glasgow Comedy Festival, Hong Kong Kong? Uh, this has not been announced yet. It's going to get announced on Wednesday. on Wednesday. We are not announcing it. This is a pre-announcement. This is a pre-announcement. Big things are coming. I love when people say that. Big things are Big coming. Big things are happening. Keeping on the social. So uh, it's going to be announced officially on the 8th uh, for 24 hours only on the 9th. That's Thursday the 9th from 10 a.m. Our Patreons will have exclusive first ticket access to our live show. It's going to be the Glasgow Comedy Festival on March the 17th, 2024 at the Glee club it's gonna be a fucking wicked night um, where uh, the discussion we're having about it already is so exciting so uh get on that tickets are 12 pounds uh patrons get 24 hours first if you want to 100 be there then uh then make sure you sign up to the patreon patrons uh that's our little thank you to you for the continued support um everybody else the worms the general public will be able to get tickets from 10 a.m on friday i hope you enjoy this episode of enjoy an album with me and my grace Hello and welcome to Enjoy an Album with Christopher McArthur Boyd and not Liam Wethnell. This week I'm joined by Michael Rice, stand-up comedian. He's got his own podcast, Vittorio and Mike's Guide to Parrington. Yes, also my special's out on YouTube. I forgot and his the... special's out. Can you plug it now? Yeah, you yes, can plug it. Yes, my special on YouTube. Just type in Mike Rice Comedy, that'll come up. And I'm on tour. This is the intro. It sounds like the end of a podcast. I know, because I forgot to say it at the end. <laughs> We're making like, a judge by the end look, if, if look, they like you. Now and there's so much pressure this. in the episode. Is this going to be good enough to justify a, 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 well, a plug? Okay, well, what you do, skip this plug now. Skip forward into it <laughs> and come back to the plug at the end. That's how I do my podcast listening. Yeah. I'm a time skipper. Yeah, I do it as well. I'm like, <laughs> f- I don't want to be so landing. But then, so I'm on tour, MikeRice.com. I'm coming to Scotland. I'm coming <laughs> everywhere. MikeRiceComedy.com. Go see Michael Rice on tour. He's very funny. He's in Glasgow. He's in Edinburgh. He's, yeah. he's all over the shop. He's a great, really one of, one of my favourite comedians. Um, I think I said my favourite. Yes. On Instagram. On Instagram. I love that. I said, I said surely untrue, but I loved it. No, I mean, I mean a very good comedian. Don't like following him. Tell you that. Don't like following you. Don't like going after you. It's not nice. Thanks, Dad. I like that. It's the nicest thing you can say to another comedian is, yeah, I don't like working with you. (laughs) 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 So we have have a lovely week this week. We're talking about Westlife. Uh, If you are a patron, we're going to go straight to the episode. If you are a worm, you're going to... If you're a McFadden. If you're a Brian McFadden. If you're a dirty Brian McFadden. (laughs) You, you horrible <laughs> betrayer. Yeah. <laughs> An abandoner, a Benedict Arnold. Uh, he abandoned his boy, just like, uh, do you know, in uh, there, there Will Be Blood. Yeah. I abandoned my boy. I abandoned my child. My child. Give me the blood. Yes. <laughs> um, You're a worm, uh, Eli. There will be blood. There will be enjoyment there will of be albums. A- we have an absolute blast. We're sitting here with, sitting here with producer Mark and uh, we've got Jennings. Guest, guest Race. Um, um, fellow uh, nominee for the Sean Locke Award, you know. Oh, not neither of us. And let me tell you, life has changed. Life's changed. <laughs> <laughs> We're breeding different air now. We're breeding different air. <laughs> By God. We can tell people we were nominated for the Sean Locke Award and the and what that's done for our careers. Yeah, no, it's been brilliant, honestly. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. Thanks for that, lads. Thanks to Sean. Thanks to Channel 4. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy the episode or the adverts or the and the episode. And uh, 
you know, um, I think we had a good time this week. So I hope you enjoy it. Hey, are your pubes too hairy? <laughs> Do you need help with that? You're growing too hairlicious. Hairsuit. Is there too much uh, of a positive environment for crabs and lice? Too much fuzz on your coos. Uh, when you get undressed in front of someone you wish to have a sexual time with, are you embarrassed by the state of your nether regions? Having an examination done by a doctor and you're <laughs> self-conscious about how hairy your balls and bits are? Us too. What a shame there's no solution for this kind of problem. No, wait, there is. What? Manscaped. Oh my God, what is that? Tell me more. Not manscaping, not manscaper, manscaped. Only a stupid person would have called it that by accident yeah. 10 times in a row. <laughs> yes. Only an idiot. It's the below the belt grooming experience. It's blade, it's not blade free, it's blade full. It's blade full. It's cut free. You won't it's cut, cut free. You won't. I'm literally closing my eyes in the shower in the fucking rain coming down. Um, I, I shower in the rain and I'm just f- not even looking, just... If you do look, there's a little handy torch which uh, highlights where you're about to trim. (laughs) Yes. I've never used the torch. That's cool. Attached to the the lawnmower? Yes. There's a light that comes on that shows you exactly where you're trimming. You can do it in the dark with your eyes closed and you still hit the remark. You can do it dark with your eyes closed in the shower. It's waterproof. You can charge it using USB-C. So you can unplug your phone if you've got a (laughs) USB-C. Plug it straight into your pube trimmer. You're on a train. You're ready to go. You're on a train. (laughs) Please use only use these plug sockets for phones, laptops, and pube trimmers. <laughs> That's why they have that saying. Don't do that. But what you should sometimes do, I go into a coffee shop and I sit near a plug socket and I plug my lawnmower <laughs> in so that I could jump into the bathroom, keep it fresh all times. I never want to see a single hair on my balls. Otherwise, I cry. Yeah, I've got a cock like a dolphin. Uh, it's grey, grey, and uh, endangered. <laughs> <laughs> Just if you want a funny gift for someone, or you—it's not funny. It's not funny. It's, it's fucking useful. serious. Enjoy an album. Uh, no, what's the code again? Manscape <laughs> album, album twenty. God Almighty! You get twenty percent. Can off. you believe we get paid for this? Album twenty for a uh, percent off your first purchase. Uh, and and ongoing purchases, I you think. Can, if you don't have a cock and balls, you can do it on other stuff, but it's mainly made for the cock and balls. It's got the word man in the title, let's be honest. Let's <sighs> not get into that topic, man, you know, but hey, mm. it's good. It's it's good stuff. The pants are good. And the underwear, the anti-chafing material is to die for. Uh, that's album don't 20. Die it, don't die for it. Enjoy. Thank you. Bye. You're listening to Enjoy an Album, the podcast where two comedians listen to some of the greatest albums of all time. Having spent the duration of their first two albums performing ballads from atop those infamous stools, Westlife certainly made up for it on their third album, World of Our Own, after releasing When You're Looking Like That as a double A-side as the lead single from the campaign. And no doubt buoyed by the earlier success of Uptown Girl, it seemed that Westlife were hungry to continue defying expectations. And what better way to do that than with the title track, which, incidentally, was one of the best songs they've ever recorded. Blurb over, we are in some laugh studios with none other than 
Michael cool Rice, Michael cool Rice, welcome to enjoying album. Thanks, lad. Um, you know what? As even as you're saying that, that I got chills down my spine because, <laughs> and this is this is genuinely because up until World of Our Own, because I think growing up in Ireland, you were kind of obviously the Irish dominated the boy band landscape oh, between unbelievably like Boyzone and boy Westlife, Zone. yeah. Ronan Keaton, ah, Stephen Gately, Gately, Keith Duffy. Yeah. Duffy is running now a, a tire shop in Dublin. <laughs> he's, he's selling a place called Tireland. And he just came out with... He, I swear to God, it's called Tireland. Oh, because of Ireland? Yeah, and yeah. he just he came out... He should have called it the Republic of Tireland. <laughs> <laughs> he should have lied. Northern Tireland. Uh, <laughs> so... This truth. So around the Rugby World Cup time, there he came out with like a big fucking ad for it. He's some salesman, Duffy. Mm. He loves oh, a fucking he, song. He, he, he loves a pound. You know what I mean? And sure, no one stole a living like Keith Duffy in the nineties. You yeah, know what I mean? Because sure, he couldn't sing or dance. Lad, did you see? You need to see the first time Boyzone. And I know we're on Westside. We'll get to him. But the first time Boyzone went on the Late Late Show in Ireland. So the Late Late Show basically just makes the careers of people in Ireland sure. or did back then just yeah. everyone watched it we had two channels that it's was like the, the Jonathan Ross show of Ireland more it's more like but percentage you know, wise of people watching it more everybody's just, watching everybody it. watching it right. so they came out and Louis Walsh brought them out uh, for the first time Boyzone and uh, and they did nothing they just they just danced around doing different <laughs> dances themselves and they were they, it was famous for just being just the most it's kind of just funny demonstration of talentless yeah. nonsense of all time and like Duffy was just there fucking giving it socks yeah. they became the, the biggest band lovely big eyes on Duffy though oh Duffy was a honk and he had fucking uh, Shane what's his face with him the two of them they were like the Bash Brothers they were in the back there and they were fucking mincing around they didn't give a shite yeah, yeah. but it was great it was a great time but I loved boys I, I, I thought they did Like Picture yeah. of You Is a great song Joe. Yeah I have a picture of you In my life Yeah <laughs> They had that bluesy quality <laughs> Well fucking Keating Had a had a voice Where you, the origins Were unknown Yeah You know Where's what I mean that coming from man <laughs> They came deep from the yeah. The middle of Ireland yeah. You know what I mean <laughs> Deep from the bogs They came from 1916 East Rising Yeah Just Fuck deep from man. within the Bullet holes in his voice man Yeah but, but so they They were there Boys on And they had Gately there So you, you had the gay angle As well And everything was Kind of This is modern Ireland Yeah Cool new hip Ireland. Yeah That's yeah. right A new type Yeah The troubles are over The troubles are over The fucking <laughs> The solution has arrived. Yeah. Boyzone. We'll bring that'll bring the prods and Catholics together. There's a healthy dose of Keating. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we can both agree on one thing. They're a great band. But it's interesting uh, because, you know, Louis Walsh obviously uh, managed Yes. Uh Boyzone and he and uh, Ronan were co managers of Westlife. That's you know? right. And it was a very kinda engineered thing you know which some people have an issue with they go oh that's manufactured pop it's like well what the fuck else are you supposed to do yeah just hope a band springs out of nowhere no yeah you put an advert in the newspaper you say we weren't five handsome boys who <laughs> yeah. know how to, well don't necessarily know how to sing see what the, what people want because people love the little fucking lore of you too you see in ireland so they love like that fucking larry mullins trope a poster in the school mm-hmm and next thing fucking rotten old Bono toddled along and, and the edge the 
pair of widgets kind of <laughs> scuttled in the door and next thing they're just yeah. like in the name you know yeah. desire so people want to, people say that's how you do it that's a good uh, you know authentic story but in reality look we're doing a boy band here yeah we're not trying to no. you know talk about spiritual matters or whatever the fuck Bono's up to <laughs> we're looking for good honest bullshit let's get the boys in good looking young children because they were children you look back in these boys and you go they were boys yes they were boys it was boys own and you think oh yeah but when I was a wee boy I'd look at these boys as men yeah and they weren't really no 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 we're men they were men um, certainly there's no doubt about that you can see the lines on our foreheads we're <laughs> fucked um, iron brew we in front of us we couldn't be in boy bands anymore no I don't, <laughs> I don't know if we were ever boy band fodder although I told you that that me, so me and my friend Jack were big fucking uh, Westlife fans. Yeah. Um, and that was as uncool as it sounds then. It well, I was. Mean, I was a huge Westlife fan growing up. Yeah. I mean, I just, it, the melodies, it was the melodies for me. <laughs> but, um, so, and it was interesting when you look at. Well, up, I'm curious because I liked Westlife because I have a big sister who was six years older. And when you have a big sister. She listened to every single musician that ever lived. <laughs> And that's why Chris has always heard of them. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, she was a bit of a muso in her yeah. way. She went for Westlife to the Kaiser Chiefs to the Cribs, Kings of Leon, Muse. Yes. Know. She listens to a lot of different type of shit. And when you get a big sibling, you just want them to like you. So you get into the stuff there. She liked a hot man. <laughs> Listen. The one thing you could never be. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, if only I was a hot man for my big sister. Shut up, you moron. Um, so, uh, aye. So I'm into I'm into all this type of music, and honestly, you know, sharing a sharing a, a bedroom with your big sister and Heat magazines torso of the week. Sell a tape to the wall. That's not an environment for a boy to grow up. And did in. it stir anything inside of you, by God? Well, well stirred a love of Westlife, man. You yeah. Know? So I was, I remember this album coming out in 2001. I would have been 12, so I think. I, before the. Wait, no, eight. Yeah. Before World of Their Own came out. So I would have been 11, 12 ish, kind of. Um, before that came out, I would have seen Westlife as softies. I would have seen them as. Well, that's what the blurb was saying, that they were yeah. balladeers. So I, I would have seen, now looking back, uh, Fool Again, If I Let You Go, these are... If I let, let you go, go, I will never know what, what my life would be holding you close to me. Will I ever see you smiling back at me? Oh, how will I know if I let you go? Yeah. What a song. What a fucking... What a, a generation... Just so people don't think that we're having a laugh here. I'm not having a laugh. They are fucking unbelievable. And then Can't Believe the Time to Fool Again was a massive uh, one for me. I just thought these guys, they're just, they're speaking straight to the to the heart yeah. Oh, yeah. of the British Isles. You know, I have a feature in this... It's an intermittent feature in this yeah. program. Is this emo? Mm. And it's been very controversial because I would say, looking back, My Chemical Romance wasn't emo. It was yeah. gothic rock. Right. Whereas Nina Simone, I would say that she was a bit of an emo. Yeah. There's a lot of emo in Westlife World of Verona, I would say. Yes. You know? And I, I tell you what. Sadness. There's there's a melancholy to the boys that could have only originated in the west of Ireland, <laughs> which is where, of course, where they're from. And there is... Secret Posho, Secret Secret Posho, we do it fast and it feels like, no, show, got no money, you got no, show, bro. 
secret post show. Yeah. This is a feat segment. I haven't done a lot of research into I'm where these so boys sad have came didn't from. I'm so that in a sort of uptown girl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> secret post show, secret, secret post show. Do it fast and it feels like not show. Got no money, you. That's not really Westlife, but that's no, nice. No, that wasn't uptown girl at all. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Top secret post show. You've, You've been, been living in a, a little posh hole. Oh, I mean, Uptown Ghetto is the secret posh hole. <laughs> <laughs> of songs it is that's what it's about and it's out in a class a differentiation there um, but so the boys actually the boys lived on the clippings of tin they're, they're men that uh, <laughs> the clippings of tin the clippings of tin they were men that were, were dragged up and were well acquainted with the wind and the rain of the west of Ireland <laughs> and then you had Nicky Byrne who was kind of a, a north side Dubliner so he would be from the scraggly side of town mm. uh, in Dublin so there's a bit of north, an edge to Byrne north Dublin yeah not your D4. No, so D4 are kind of, uh, is rugby, kind of almost transatlantic. How are you, Jane Christopher? I'm from Doki. Hey, I speak like that. I've and got then, a radio programme. Yeah, and then you folk are not like Dublin's like that. How are you, yeah. Chris? Yari? Yari? Now, folk and Westlife are folk and class, man. Folk yeah. and brilliant. That's North Side Dublin. Wow. So Nick was from over around there. He, he had trials for Leeds, Nicky Byrne. So he was a footballer. United. Yes. <laughs> So the man was not without talent. Yeah. Right? Now, people would say now he was kind of, you know what I mean? He was a bit of a water carrier for Westlife, as in he was doing a lot of clicking of the fingers, shaking of the hips. Apart. But they didn't give him a huge amount uh, to do. He was no Mark. No. Mark. He, well, Mark Mark was kind of a the Sam Smith of his time. Yeah. Do you sad know what I mean? eyes. Yeah. Big sad eyes. Uh, yeah, Whoa. he was a big gay man, and we lo- like it was like you know, and and Ireland, we were very happy with that at the time. Yeah, you know, we're fucking progressive. <laughs> we're shackling off the the gay people are allowed to sing now. They're allowed. They're allowed. Yeah, and he would just have this deep, and it, it was he was always sounded scared. He, he well, he was he was afraid. He was, of course, he was. He'd come up in Catholic Ireland. He'd been he'd been running and hiding his whole life. Sure. And now he's he's front and center singing flying without wings, but You're still flying without wings. And and that's how he genuinely felt at that time. Yeah. And you could see that in the joy of it. <laughs> yeah. Now saying that it's still Catholic Ireland, so yeah. you don't have him as the lead. No. You still have Shane Filan as the lead. Shane. Let's not go crazy. Yeah. We need to sell the posters. Louis knew that. Yeah. Louis knew that well. That's uh, I don't know if you know. I mean, maybe you do, maybe you don't. But Westlife was originally known as West Side. Yeah. And uh, there was two members, and then Simon Cowell came in. Louis Walsh said, I've got this group together. Simon Cowell came in, and Simon went, three of them, fuck off. They're too ugly. Yeah. Can't be it. And then they found, they put an advert out, and they got fucking Brian in, you know? Well, so, they, yeah, McFadden kind of came in late, and I think <laughs> that because of that, yeah. McFadden always had a feeling that he was in some way... Different or better. He was kind of third fiddle. Mm. So there was Filan, there was Mark, and then you might have McFadden sing a little bridge. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. throw him a little bone. He was a bad boy. Huh? He was a bad boy. He was a nasty character, yeah. <laughs> there was a cruelty to McFadden yeah. that he couldn't hide, and that certainly made him stick out amongst the angels that were the other four. Um, and you could see that there was an element of him, he was a little bit of poison in the water. Do you know what I mean? Getting the oyster, though, yeah. as well. Uh, 100%. But so... Um, McFadden, I remember when World of Their Own came out, the single World of Their Own, which looking back now was not the most transgressive single of all time. But I remember thinking, 
You make me feel funny. Like I was like, when you come around, that's what I found. Now, honey, would ever do without you? Yeah, no buts or maybes. And so because buts. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Now, and it's that kind of funky. That's right. I thought this was like, oh, the boys have turned rogue. Mm. The boys have taken a turn towards the devil, and they put the foot on the accelerator here. Yeah, yeah. I was like, because they were wearing leather jackets in the video, and they're a bit sassy. I was like, the boys are after getting sucked off here at some stage. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? This is a post suck job album. <laughs> this is a post suck job album. <laughs> the boys have been fucking blown asunder on their Japanese tour, and now they're back. And they're fucking, you know, full of all the devil's ideas. So I thought this was like, because at that time, uh, and I had a sweet tooth for a boy band at the time, and I was kind of, I thought that Five were doing a lot of interesting work at oh, that five time. Oh, Five were good, yeah. yeah. And they were kind of hard. They were like, they were doing a bit of rap when a rainy days are dying. Gotta eat bunky bun trying. Gotta read them birds are flying. Ah! Like, so, no, gotta go morning. So, it was, you know, that's right. A garage adjacent. A garage adjacent. There was elements of uh, um, punk rock there that are hard to detect. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so. I'm detecting them. I'm detecting them. Because <laughs> I've got. Sensitive a sensitive nose for punk rock. <laughs> but so, I thought five were kind of, to me, uh, these are these are boys with a bit of um, menace and mischief. So my kind of my flag was kind of attached to their pole, uh, as it were. I'm drawn towards villainy. Yes, you know I like a bit of nastiness. That's why I like McFadden. Malevolence uh, seems quite um, welcoming to me. Yeah. You know what I mean. I want to I want to see what the bad boys are up to. I'm at. watching a Disney film. What's the villain song? Yeah, you know, Gaston. Yes. Scar has a good song where yeah. the lions walk like Nazis. Yes. You know, there's a lot. I like the uh, Team Rocket are more interesting than uh, Ash and Misty and Brock. And That's the, the right. Boys, you know? And when you hear these songs, you kind of feel deep inside, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Hulk Hogan? Yeah. Hello, brother. brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Macho Man Randy Savage. That's oh, right. Yeah. They're singing yeah. your story. Yeah. Um... Uh, as a malevolent little man. Now, I didn't need to say little. Now, uh, <laughs> and that was the nastiness in me coming out. That's, that's, um, that's the smallness in me coming out. That's yeah. Right, you know? See, just to, to button in the, the dirt and Brian McFadden standing out. So yes. All, so, Kean, Mark, and uh, and Shane all mm. went to the same secondary school. And right. Was that in Sligo? Am and, I right in saying that? Yeah. And it was, um, it was Summerhill College. Um, where they all performed in Greece, whereas Brian McFadden, wherever he was from, attended the Billy Barry Stage School, whatever the fuck that is. So, so he saw himself as a star. So there was an individualism to him, because you would say that the other three, there was elements of Stalin, Mao Zedong, a kind of a communist outlook of share the means of production, whereas there was certainly... The collective there was a Reaganism to uh, Brian McFadden that was very... Thatcherism, Reaganism, he's very influenced by individualism. Yeah. And that, as time went on, became... Ayn Rand. Ayn Rand, <laughs> yes! Speaking the fountainhead he had <laughs> read over and over again. And he was actually, he was an actor as well, Brian McFadden, that says here. Oh, yeah, he was in he, a... a class, a yeah. TV show. Did you ever watch that? I didn't, I didn't watch it, I avoided it. It was a smutty little uh, A endeavor. comedy revolving around a group of student swingers, it says. Yeah. <laughs> so this was a real piece of filth. Yeah, it was a piece of filth and we we were told not to soil our minds uh, Quite right. and are thinking with that kind of thing. But funnily enough, because at that time in Ireland, if you kind of, if you had any aspirations of fame, you know, 
you were kind of like, you didn't care what it was. You were just like, sure, I'll be something. You'd mm. like, right, I'll go for a boy band. If that doesn't work, we'll try to get on Fair City. We'll try, uh, so like Colin Farrell auditioned for Boyzone. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And imagine seeing that face and, and saying, no. do you know what? No, we'll get Mikey Graham in instead. Yeah. 10 years, no, not 10 years, fucking 40 years later. Lee Walsh is watching the Ben She's in a Sharon. Yeah. And he's thinking, oh, fuck I fucked up that. big time. You know, but 20 years earlier, he would have been watching Daredevil and he would have been. It was, 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 it's a solid call. <laughs> yeah. Solid call. Point. He watches Alexander and he's like, I dodged a bullet there. <laughs> that could have been Thank a Thank God. <laughs> Colin <laughs> Farrell's turned his life around. Man. Well, uh, Collie Collie Baby, uh, I, be- I love Colin Farrell. Mm. I'm in love with Colin Farrell. Mm. I love him deeply. Phone box. Phone box, you've said a word there, and it's a good film. But that was in his that was in his early I'm coked up, I'm eating Britney Spears' arse, I'm fucking, you know. And now he's like chill, he's like an older chill well, shagger. He, after Miami Vice, he got off the fucking coke. Really? Yeah. It's very he, rare that someone does a Michael Bay film and goes, and Maybe go, you just seen the peak of it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't compete. Well, he he got very into his character in Miami Vice, so he was he was on the Charlie and he was fucking So apparently at the end of the shoot in Miami Vice, he was still absolutely uh, you know, a boozy Susie, drinking whiskey like a really? little sucky calf. And then so after the end of it he had one last party where he was like, you know, um That's blowing me. blowing little people and having a bit of a crack. And then he said, That's it, now I'm offered. And then he went away for a few years because his career was down to fucking shitter after Alexander. Miami Vice fucking tanked as well. Mm. And then he reinvented himself and came back as kind of an indie film character actor yeah. in In Bruges. Yeah, Martin McDonough. Martin McDonough, that led to The Lobster. Mm-hmm. Uh, working with your man, uh, Yamos. Uh, Green. Lagagomos. Yeah, Lagagomos. I, I need to get this guy. Cause it's uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yorgamov? Yeah. No, you went way off <laughs> way there. Off. It's Greek. You yeah. went you went Eastern European there. But he so, just he just edited poor things, which is yeah. I Alistair Gray. Anyway, getting back. Anyway, Farrell got turned out. Louis Walsh said, I I'd I'd rather eat my own cock than have this yeah. fucker in the band. Useless. No star potential. But so anyway Yorgos Yes Lanthimos. That's right. Just edit that in so it's like what I actually said. Yes, seamless, and yeah. that we just, there was no break there. Tell me We're learned men. about this boy band that you and your friend so, circling by. <clears throat> me and Jack, my friend Jack McCarran, who's currently working for Irish television station RTE yeah. as a producer. So he hasn't. Oh, okay. He, so we were both. There was a. There do you was think a, he'll be fired for this? Huh? If people hear this, do you think. No one's going to hear this, but. It's know. certainly not going to lead to a promotion. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'll put it to you that way. It's certainly not going to, once it comes to evaluation day, it's not going to be a feather in his cap. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. But Jack and myself, Asher, the boat was, we we loved, uh, and this is going to be off topic, but we loved that, like Anchorman for a full year, we spoke in American accents, you know, we were just like, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, uh, I, think I think we would all go with that. Yeah. 2004. Uh, yeah, that, that, those couple of years, that whole kind of American movie, like Dodgeball ones, is just say like, touche the floor mm-hmm. you know like just all these we we went a bit uh, got a bit mentally ill with that but we had a we had just this thing I, I think we just wanted to be kind of famous and we we're like and we thought we should be mm-hmm. so we liked a bit of Westlife world of their own obviously shattered our Westlife Anchorman put them together yeah put, put, <laughs> put them together <laughs> and uh, you've got two talentless ta- people who have nothing to sell to anyone <laughs> um, so so we uh, we decided we were we started a, a boy band called Undefined, 
and what was undefined our sexuality <laughs> and we uh <laughs> so we started this boy band and it was me uh jack and we could never really get past it just being me and Jack. We were trying to get other of our friends in, but these are just normal Irish sides. They're like, well, we don't even like Westlife. And we're like, you don't have to like him. You just fucking... Dance. Yeah, close just your eyes and it. sing the song. You think Duffy liked doing what he did? He had his eyes in the tyres the he, whole time. The, the, he, he was thinking of Tireland, even then. <laughs> I, I'm going to get the money, open a big tire shop. How about that? When he was picturing you in my mind, he pictured a big yeah. tire shop. Um, and now he's realised that dream. Think down the lo- road, lads. He could sell tires. Yeah. Anyway, so we're trying to get people in, and we were going to uh, apply for the X Factor. Jack was kind of the lead singer of it. I was kind of the, more the mark, mm-hmm. uh, but I never had great range mm. in, in my voice. I was never a great uh, singer. But um, so we got the the form for the X Factor and everything, and we ended up sending it off. But then we we never heard anything back, and and the dream kind of kind of Fezzled. fell apart. But we, we had some great we had some great nights at karaoke nights where we would go up. And so you had your original songs, we just did covers. Oh, we were just singing Westlife, yeah. <laughs> we're just there was no even pretense to anything else. And Westlife were doing covers, so we were doing 100%. covers of a cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, you know, a lot of country music. I'm getting being in my country recently, and Queen of My Hearts considered a country song um, by many. Yeah, uh, and it is country influenced. The Queen of My yeah. Heart. Yeah. Of my heart. Well, I loved it. The line before was, You know you are the, the queen, queen of my heart. What's that instrument? Louis Walsh's cock. It's interesting you say that because for me, Louis, obviously, the Westlife story is incomplete without Louis Walsh. Absolutely. And we all know him, you know, a little grey figure. Yes, um, a little, a little shady, malnourished, uh, money-hungry man. A boy dealer. Yes, he was a boy dealer. <laughs> he was a dealer of young boys. He was just going. Where are they? Let's get them. He seemed to have. He seemed well. So do you know when he originally, Louis originally kind of struck gold with a fellow called Johnny Logan in the eighties. Read about that. So Johnny Logan won the Eurovision twice. Now this was what, really? back to back. This yeah. was fucking unprecedented. Well, so Ireland, of course, we went on a, a mad Eurovision tear. Was this what the Father Ted episode was about? Yeah, where they get them in. It's because they'd won so many times they had to. It was bankrupt in the country. <laughs> it was a complete and utter disaster. We kept we kept <laughs> winning the Eurovision, but we didn't have the money to keep putting this it on. This was pre <laughs> pre Celtic Tiger. No, this was pre Celtic Tiger. This was going from the eighties to the mid nineties, yeah. and so we were we were genuinely at the time mid eighties. We were the poorest country. In Europe, or one of them, in yeah. the EU, certainly. Um, we didn't have a pot to piss in, and well, we knew it. So, as everyone was fucking moving here, yeah, there, and yeah, everywhere. Yeah. But, um, so anyway, but sure, by Jesus, we could sing. We could sing an old song. <laughs> that that never that never bothered us. So, sure, we were, we were, we were winning this rotten old Eurovision every year, yeah. and then we'd have to stage it the next year, and we'd be like, where are we going to put them? Sure, all we have is barns and fucking shit. <laughs> it's a fucking nightmare. So, it genuinely got to a stage... Um, in the 90s so we couldn't stop winning we couldn't even help her we tried not to win and we'd yeah. still win we'd be so good um, at singing our old sad songs um, you know uh, oh, Johnny Logan has a cracker one of the winning songs Johnny Logan so he has two winning songs one's called Hold Me Now the other one's called Just Another Year but Hold Me Now is a belter it's like Hold 
me now. Don't cry. I have to hold you. That's brilliant. And, and you think this was a kind of proto Westlife? Well, so this guy was so Louis. Louis had Logan. Now Logan, uh, as it ended up, he never really struck a chord after that with the British public, but the Germans loved him. <laughs> He's absolutely massive in Germany. He was kind of that really? Hasselhoff, yeah, yeah, kind of energy. Um, like Hasselhoff had a ma- massive music career in Germany. Yeah, yeah, which was kind of mind-boggling. Nowhere else took him in, but the Germans because he was there during the fall of the Berlin Wall or something. I yeah. think they don't forget those kind of things. You know <laughs> no. what I mean? If you were around for the fall of Berlin Wall, they don't care if you shit in a bucket. They'll buy it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? They yeah. just they remember that. <laughs> so Logan, the, the Germans loved him, but he never really kind of. Um, pushed on in the Irish and British markets. So Louis said, BJ's, I'll, I'll need to find another young boy. Uh-huh. Or maybe more than one young yeah, boy. Yeah. And I think what Louis caught on to, which was brilliant, uh, because after Take That, obviously, so Take That came out, but to give Take That their due, they were fucking, they could dance, they could move, they mm. could sing. Like Robbie and Gary, I mean, Gary was writing the summer of the songs. Like Gary was, give Barlow no, his due. Uh, you know, I'm... I'm a Robbie guy. No, listen. <laughs> you didn't sure, you're a Robbie guy. I'm a Robbie guy. Yeah, Robbie was at Robbie that. guy? Oh, I 100% Robbie Robbie. Like, Robbie, I mean, don't get me wrong. Give the devil his due. Give the devil his due. <laughs> Robbie, had, Robbie had my heart of flutter. Late yeah. 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. I thought Williams could do no wrong. Yeah. When he stripped off in rock, DJ, I thought the world was going to explode. I want to rock. Yeah. DJ. DJ. But you're making me feel so right. That fucking video scared me, though. Lads. Didn't like it. When he became a skeleton yeah. at the end. I wasn't I, ready to see skeletons at that age. I thought it was kind of irresponsible because they'd have that on at 11 o'clock on a Saturday morning. <laughs> we used to have a thing called uh, Top 30 Hits, which is in, so we'd get mm-hmm. to see the top hits on the chart and sure we'd be. And I was excited by the nudity, I will say that. Yeah. That was, excited uh, me. Um, and I didn't know. I'm not I saying. always wanted a wee pair of the pants, you know, the one with the tiger on the front for that yes. video. Little black pants with the tiger on the front, and I still do. Yeah, want those pants. And I think you could. I think you're getting to a stage where you could get them. You think so? And where you deserve them. I think people would shun me for. That. No, I don't think they would. Right. I think you've got to a stage now in my mind where you're untouchable. And you could wear anything and you could do anything. I already feel untouchable. Yes. Because <laughs> nobody's touching me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, no, but, I loved I loved Robbie. And but, I, but take that. So Barlow, and but like to give him like, you know, a million love songs later. Like he was penning some lovely melodies. Yeah. Like to give the, to give the devil's shoe. Now, as a Robbie man, but these fuckers were dancing, they were singing. Take that, we're talented. And Louis said, what if we could have lads... That can't dance. <laughs> Only one of them can sing. Yeah, yeah. How would people maybe swallow that? Yeah. And, and a lot of people are like, no way, Louis. There's no way. You can't have four of them able to do absolutely nothing and just one of them be able to sing in a weird nasally way like, oh, like yeah, Keaton. Yeah. And Louis said, sure, we'll give it a try. They couldn't have been more successful. No, yeah, yeah. People will take anything. Don't fight it. Where is that voice from? Oh. It's a cowboy voice. Oh, deeper than the bowels of a childhood misspent. <laughs> Um, so uh, <laughs> he he did have a, he had some growl on him, but so uh, but so Louis then because you would see them with Westlife again. The Irish can't dance. There's just we can't. Come on, we can't. Well, you yeah, but we River cannot, dance flatly. He's not Irish. That's the worst thing. He's American. Is he? He's an American fella. Really? Yeah. 
Absolutely. This so is it, the Pogues again. This is man. the Pogues again. Eh? I know. Sure did fucking. It's English. It did break. It did break your heart. <laughs> There's no one's Irish. I'm not Irish. I don't think we're any... There's not one of us has ever been Irish. So when I was growing up, I thought the greatest Irish actor was Daniel Day-Lewis because he lived in Wicklow. She's not Irish at all. It's Welsh. Huh? Hmm? Is, is Day-Lewis Welsh? Lewis. Is that... Lewis. The, right. Yeah. Day is Welsh. Well, he, he was in every Irish movie growing up. He was in, in My Left Foot. Then he was in In the Name of the Father. Mm-hmm. And then he was in The Boxer. So he was in three... He was doing all these films with Jim Sheridan, all Irish. Yeah. So we thought, he's the greatest Irish actor. She yeah. was from nowhere near the place. <laughs> for, fucking, for fuck's sake. Heartbreaking, uh-huh. really. Yeah. Um, but so anyway... Uh, uh, so Louis then... With Westlife then again, even... I'll say to Westlife though, they were better singers than Boyzone. Can I just ask, what was Keaton's role and the, what, what the transition for boys on to Westlife? What, he, what managed, he managed yeah. Westlife. So what did he, he left stop? Louis, didn't right. want to work with him anymore, but he said, what I will do is I will now co-manage Westlife with you. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So Louis Walsh puts together Westlife yeah. after with, boys on? With, with, with Keaton. Keaton. Yeah, it was boys on was <coughs> winding down. Keaton was off, uh, you know, to sing the team song of Notting Hill. And <laughs> so... He had that kind of wrapped up. He said, lads, I, I can't, in, in all good conscience, I can't spend any more time with Keith Duffy. He keeps talking about tyres. And I just, you know, it's getting ridiculous. Yeah. He wants to make the Get whole up. set on tour tyres in the background and to sell tyres after the show. I can't have it. So, uh, we need to sell t shirts, yeah. mugs. <laughs> yeah. No one has come to the concert without tires on their car, Keith. Nobody wants a new tire. I'm sure they could put it in the boot. But you might, as well, you might as well have been speaking to the wall. Yeah, he, was, he, was, he was tire mad. But so, and then uh, Ronan, uh, I think what it was was that uh, Louis wanted to bring in Ronan as a mentor to the boys mm-hmm. and to tell him. So, when you say, kinda what? You kind of. Clicking of the fingers yeah. and you maybe throw in kind of one of one of these. Now the Westlife lads famously loved a stool. Mm. They loved a stool. They wouldn't work to warm themselves. They every, were as lazy a band as you'd every find. Every song is like engineered towards the key change, the and big to stand point, up off the, the stand stool. Up off the stool, yeah. And to be fair, it was an effective tactic. Well, I mean, yeah, you, you just it's just that's what your heart's doing when you're listening to it. 100%. Your heart standing up on a stool. That's right. So it's nice to see. Well, it's nice what's to s- happening to you happened to someone else, and they knew that, and they knew this would be uh, a visual representation of the emotional journey mm-hmm. of the audience. Mm-hmm. And by God, it worked. Mm. They were massive in Japan. The Japanese loved yeah. Westlife. They couldn't get enough of it. Yeah. They, they didn't really understand them, but they <laughs> they just felt something deep, deep in their lines. It goes beyond them. language. It does, yeah. You know, yes. Um, well, there was a kindness to them, barring McFadden, who they <laughs> cut out like a like a malignant tumor. <laughs> Anti McFadden. Well, what did you make of his, his when he left? Oh, that heart broke my heart. Well, so McFadden got ideas about himself um, beyond the station. He married Kerry Katona. He's <laughs> he sort of a Yoko figure, of very Yokoish <laughs> figure. Um, she also was massive in the New York art world. Uh, uh, great performance artist, Kerry Katona. But so. I, I remember seeing actually I remember I was a big fan of the uh, I'm a celebrity gate me out of here that Kerry yeah, uh, she was won. great in that she was great yeah, that. she was brilliant in that and she came out and I remember McFadden was waiting for her and I said McFadden you've got the world at your fingertips you devil <laughs> and he, he left he, so he left Westlife and sure he thought to himself really deep down 
I am Robbie Williams 2.0. He thought he was Robbie. He teamed up with Robbie's songwriter, Guy Chambers, uh-huh. oh, yeah. for his original, for his first album. Incredible songwriter. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Um, and you really knew how good he was when him and Robbie stopped writing together and then sure, Robbie was fucking, you know, he went spare. <laughs> yeah, it's you know? apology shit, you know. Yeah. So, uh, so McFadden came out, but sure, the, the solo career mm. was, you know, he had this song where he's just like, that's a part of me. And it was, it was just those lines in it that you're thinking, how have you got? It was just like, and I'm at home watching football on TV. <laughs> but like, it's like, stop saying you're watching football like it's a Che Guevara revolution. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But that's what he'd be like. Oh. You know, he'd be like. Coronas-esque. Coronas-esque, exactly. <laughs> just kind of like um, oh, radicalizing <laughs> everyday things. Sorry about that. Okay. That was a nasty move on my behalf. No, it's okay. We've got the paper towel here. You keep- but so McFadden left. He thought he was going to be the new Robbie. He wasn't. Um, to be fair, to give him uh, some part of you, Westlife never were never as good again. Oh, the, the some of the parts was more than the total of the whole. Yes, that's <laughs> right. Absolutely. Um, um, so I have a we have a little thing on this a little segment called Unhinged YouTube Comment of the Week. Couldn't Ooh. really find an unhinged one about the boys. Yeah, what I did find was unhinged Twitter post from 2007 by Brian McFadden of the Week. <laughs> wow, don't know if you unhinged Twitter post from 2017 by Brian McFadden. 2017. Yeah, so not that long ago, yeah. but seven years ago. Yeah. Think. Six. Six. I don't know. Brian McFadden said, Wouldn't it be great if ISIS had the balls to stand face to face with us and fight? <laughs> Does he mean Westlife? <laughs> Wait, with a left? <laughs> I don't know what. We were fucking sitting on stools, mate. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it be great if ISIS had the balls to stand face to face with us and fight? No weapons. No bombs, no dead children, man to man. That's right. What would... It's, it reminded me, I don't know if you saw that TV show they had on, like, The Challenge or yeah. Bravo or something, that it would be like, yeah. oh, ninjas versus the IRA. Or, yeah. you know, fucking uh, Al-Qaeda versus a samurai. <laughs> and they would get these different historical combatants and yes. say, one-on-one, who would win? Yeah. ISIS, Brian McFadden. <laughs> Brian McFadden. <laughs> Well, the way McFadden's talking there, it's hard not to back him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's a man who's watched you, John you, Wick and <laughs> felt, this is not out of my grasp. Um, I would like to see John Wick, but it's, it's Shane <laughs> who gets shot at the start of it. <laughs> instead of his dog. Shane Fyland. <laughs> and Shane Fyland, in a lot of ways, was McFadden's yeah. dog. D- Delta Goodrum gets fucking. Oh, yeah. Out, you know? I will say, like McFadden, when he said, when he did come out and say that, that was it, that did cause a big stir in Ireland of just complete and utter derision. Pro ISIS sentiment he, in Ireland when that happened. We got very behind ISIS after that comment. <laughs> and we started texting his address yeah. to different members of that organization. <laughs> yeah, big He time. was doxxed immediately. <laughs> Uh, McFadden I mean he was just such everyone had such a laugh at him at that yeah. point but then you, you you see and you look at his romantic history mm. um, a bevy of blondes um, Katona Delta Goodrum mm. Vogue Williams mm. um, 
who's now uh, yeah, yeah. in a relationship with Spencer from Made in Chelsea as Joanne McNally's podcast partner. Yeah. And you're saying, how, how is he pulling these women? And it was kind of a lot of this. Did you ever notice that, like, the greatest bullshitters, like, just like when you talk to them, you're like, they're fucking full of shit. <laughs> and they'll pull unbelievable women because they're just, well, people that's, love that's being it. bullshit. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. unbelievable. Like, if you yeah. just tell people a fucking, I'll fucking kick the shit out of voices, they're like, Jesus, <laughs> this, this lad. I've never told anybody that I could. I was willing to fight ISIS one on one. Maybe I should start and just see where my life goes. I think certainly people would look at you and they'd think he's got a lot of moxie. He's got a lot of spunk. Saying, well, he must have an idea what's going to happen when he gets there. What do you think? I don't know if he's trained in jujitsu or anything. I'd say he might have done. He might have done a BJJ class. I think there's like people get into this. Like my brother Pano is after getting into Brazilian jujitsu. And there's kind of a change in his, you know, like he's kind of like, you'd be like going for the last biscuit and I'd be like, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Unless you. you were to roll around yeah. the ground for 100%. five minutes and get yeah. kneed in the ribs. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of got this thing of like now he's... he's. I he, get you in the clinch and you will be regurgitating that biscuit, bro. Lad, he got me in one of these like fucking rare... Ne- do you know when people are like, they start doing that stuff and then they're like, they're just like, I'll do a little demonstration on you. And I was like, why? Yeah, and no. You know, and then he, he's like, no, no, I will just to show you. And then he like, whatever he puts the pressure, they just, they could fucking burst your head like a fucking grapefruit. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't like that now. Like, I feel like I have to learn it just to be able to fight him. Well, how do you feel? How do you think ISIS feel? Huh? How do you think ISIS feel? You know, they've got a big... Guilty? McFadden running about. <laughs> <laughs> this vigilante. <laughs> this, they think about McFadden the way that mobsters think about Batman. Like, well, and the, the other thing is that uh, McFadden in a very unlike, not unlikely term but himself and Duffy got into bed together um, Boys Life huh Boys Life recently yeah. I was in Warrington <laughs> yeah <laughs> so Warrington recently not to brag not to brag I was at Power Hall the Pyramid nice venue there and um, they had a, a wee you know behind the scenes a yeah. little piece of paper saying I was like what's this Boys Life yeah I was in a dressing room where the last people to be in the dressing room was none other than Keith Duffy and Brian McFadden. You met them? No. Oh. I was there two days oh, after. Oh, they were there two, two days after. <laughs> could you... But, could you they, were, they were doing the four o'clock show and Chris was on at eight. <laughs> you know, you know, I love the like, idea that there's just like just four spare tyres left <laughs> around the dressing room. Back here. Ah, yeah, Duffy was here. Big bite out one of those. Selling his way. Yeah, he keeps trying to his tyres. He's trying to eat his own tyres. <laughs> high in your own supply. Can't high in his own. <laughs> you can't sell that now, Keith. <laughs> I don't Oops, care. Um. <laughs> Uh, so I, I just it was nice just to smell the same oxygen that they'd been breathing. You know? Well, I would I would honestly I'd love to pick I'd love to pick McFadden's brain. And do you know I think it's so interesting? Yeah, that you get boys' life, so it's half boys own, half Westlife. Yeah, and the cunt that fucking left Westlife considers himself to be the life in boys' life. It's like you fucking denied yourself that with your own actions, and yeah. now you want to recreate those memories with your your tire eating friend over here. <laughs> <laughs> We're <laughs> quite frankly a tire-eating menace yeah. <laughs> Keith Duffy Honestly I was walking about Warrington And the, the rims were bald Yeah Every car 
on cement blocks because somebody had. I don't like speculating in case I get. Sued. Well, there has often been there's been a mystery around where Duffy's been getting all his tires, and some <laughs> say that they haven't been gotten by legal means. Um, but uh, so McFadden, the, the the thing was, so McFadden left, and when McFadden left, there's actually great like there's YouTube videos you can look up on YouTube because there was like it was a big news story in Ireland, mm. and there was just girls uh, like just just going. <sighs> Like, like I am talking. Like they went outside secondary screaming. schools, and there was girls screaming. Yeah. No, that was my big sister. Falling, we, we, we were upset. We were upset. Yeah, you know, when you're a boy, you're raised not to show sadness. Yeah. But that day, I broke through the <laughs> the levy. <laughs> yeah, that was like uh, Diana dying for Ireland. I'd say it was Diana dying, <laughs> but probably more, even more. There's even greater sadness because it could be avoided. Mm. Like he's still, he's. <laughs> you don't he's, think Diana's death could have been uh-huh. avoided? You don't think Diana's death could have been it avoided? It was inevitable. It was inevitable. <laughs> if they didn't get her, her. her, we're gonna get her. Um, <laughs> one way or another, she was getting got. Yeah. But um, uh, <laughs> but it was it was it was heartbreaking. There was a hysteria. There was a sadness. They, like they, as you said, the the. Uh, the the whole was greater than the sum of its parts, and that actually got proven with Westlife because they like even like you saw Boys on they got Ronan Keaton had a great solo career. The Take That guys, you know, uh, Robbie, and then when Take That got back together, they were great. But like Westlife couldn't, none of them could hack it without the other boys. No. They needed the support, but it's so of their boys, you know, finding out that they all knew each other, and he was probably always kind of seen as an interloper and always kind of seen as an outsider. And- well, they would they would have had some West of Ireland kind of um, kind of in jokes. There was a kind of you know they're from like the West of Ireland. This is like it's like like this is a place where the famine would have been fucking full tilt. There's a there's a sadness to them. There's a there's a kind of a, a lust for rocks and misery and and then you have McFadden coming in and he's just out of his element. He doesn't get it. He's going after. He's, <laughs> yeah. No, he doesn't. He's going after trivial, trivial women yeah. um, like Katona. They couldn't understand <laughs> that. Oh, come on, Katona. You, you take a farmer's you. daughter from County Clare, ah, right. and you love her <laughs> yeah. forever. Yeah, and that's what you do because the boys are all they're they're, they're monogamous little men. Mm. I tell you that they they got married young, early, and they and they stuck with their women. Speaking of McFadden, he has a tattoo. Uh, and we will decide if it's boo Never had somebody just make noises as we through there. There you go, man. Mike, I think your intervention to the jingle for Tattoo Boo Hoo, Tattoo Boo Hoo, there uh, shows why your band never worked. <laughs> Imagine two Irish boys just going, <laughs> There's this fucking dry humping going, I love it, come on. There's, there's an enthusiasm that's not backed up by any musical understanding or talent. Just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just stabbing in the dark. I can only imagine that's what fucking <laughs> West Zone of the fucking boys like for like <laughs> just two guys at a sink. Yeah, I mean boys like these. Would you like to see that show? I would. Um, 
I would like to see it. It's hard to see because I mean McFadden could McFadden could probably sing as well as me or you could sing. Like that's the reality of McFadden. He was well, maybe a little above that. Mm. Duffy cannot sing. He cannot sing. Like he just he he never pretended he could. He he can't do anything. So he's just what there. Do you think the show's he's, like? there, he's there wheeling tires across the stage <laughs> and McFadden singing the Westlife songs. Um right, we need to do this tattoo. <laughs> McFadden has a tattoo and this will be this come up. Well, look at this. Yeah. Right. So it's sometimes life breaks in mysterious ways. McFadden yeah. has that on the fucking forearm. Yeah. What do you think that means? Um, I, th- I think it, he probably got that when he thought, when he left Westlife. Mm. And he was like, you know, some things happen for the better and about, and obviously it just happened for the absolute worst. Yeah. Because um, you were greedy and you wanted to be robbed. Well, he's a greedy little pig. Yeah. He was a greedy little pig. <laughs> he saw Keating's, the, the money Keating was made, he saw the yeah. Notting Hill soundtrack and he said, perhaps I could do the soundtrack for Love Actually or a similar type of uh, Richard Curtis film. <laughs> Didn't happen, no one wanted him. Um, he went off. But McFadden tried to actually, like the little uh, worm <laughs> that he is, I mean, very hard on McFadden. <laughs> 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 but he tried to re- he tried to Well you love Westlife and he destroyed it and Well sense. he ripped it apart they were never the same again even their hits after that time were all just kind of very on the nose covers you raise me up you Mandy You raise me up yeah, That's right yeah. They didn't bring because before that, even World of Their Own, even Bob Bob Baby Dude, please. some of the right. Bob Bob Baby Bob Bob Baby See if that had a different refrain See yeah. if it wasn't because bop bop baby doesn't mean anything. It means sweet fuck all. But if, I was thinking, see if that was heartbreak baby. Yeah. And it was like, my mom's there. The man with me. I mean, see if he was saying, heartbreak, baby, please. It would mean anything. (laughs) It's it's amazing. It's such a powerfully, emotionally raw song. Absolutely. And then it's bop, bop, baby. baby. What? I think think there was a, uh, there was certainly just in the recording studio, there was a lack of someone to come in and say, hey, what does bop, bop, baby mean? (laughs) And I don't think any of the guys are ever going to be likely to have that curious mind none of the guys were known for their curiosity yeah they were kind of they accepted everything on the face of it yeah they were given a song they sang the song they didn't ask questions they went to japan they got sucked off (laughs) happy days right (laughs) that's how they lived their life a life yes lived a life lived a life of saying they read the secret say yes is there anything better when you think about being alive rather than just living in the moment and just being a pebble in a stream you know a hundred percent and going out and singing the shit out of these songs yeah thinking about things well as my as my father would often say Never think about anything. Yeah. <laughs> that's his that's his belief system and I kind of The Westlife boys knew that. 
Well, the West, like, but they're from the countryside in Ireland. <laughs> Thinking's a fucking, is a middle class luxury. That's what the English did. And look what, you end up, after a while, yeah. if you think enough, the thoughts will turn evil. Brexit. And colonial. Yeah. So, uh, the boys, uh, so what happened was, sadly, so the boys had another couple of albums after um, World of Their Own, which still did well. And well, the one straight after was like a Rat Pack covers album. It was like Swing When You're Winning they by Robbie. They saw what Robbie did. It was as if they yeah. went, you think, you're going to be Robbie, we're going to be fucking Robbie, bitch. That's you know, right. We're fucking yeah. the Rat Pack, but I, they weren't the Rat Pack. They weren't the Rat Pack uh, at all. They were, they were four lads from County Sligo. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, they couldn't have been further from Dean Martin, Frank Snack. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> because These that, are this album cover really says a lot. You know, of, yeah. of, of, I'll show, you know, it's, uh, look at that, you know. Yeah. We take a look at the album art and we decide yes. if it is good or fun. That's right. You well, know, well, world that's four lads in jeans. That's right. But that's, that's fucking lads. Hands in the pocket. County Sligo. Irish. You Boot can't see the jeans. shoes, but they're brown. Yeah. And brown shoes. Pointy. Yeah. <laughs> we're going in, we're, we're going into uh, a disco and we're. Dancing like that, mm-hmm. we're banging the floor, and we're eating a lot of cabbage. In the disco? No, oh yeah. <laughs> Bowl of buttery cabbage, eat it in, offer a fork to a lady named Sinead, you're married the next week. Yeah. Now, that's that's what they were. Next yeah. thing, they're like, hey, what if we were the most iconic, cool, suave, suave <laughs> worldly. worldly, cool, sought-after men of all time? What, what if we did that? Will people buy that? Why would they buy that, Shane? Yeah. Why would they buy yeah. it? Yeah. You can't just do a complete 180 and be like, hey, the sky's purple now. <laughs> we're actually we're actually nothing that we said we were for the last six years. We're a completely different thing. Is this the love album you're discussing? We're, look, the one where they the fucking... Where it's like, no, the one where they dress up as the rap pack, where they're doing fucking <laughs> yeah, covers of... Like it there. Was it called Love? The, no, that's a different one. Well, just the only reason I mentioned that is because the first and only single released on that one was a cover of the Bette Midler song. Oh, Bette Midler Factor. <laughs> yeah. Sure, they'd lost their way at that point. Yeah. <laughs> they had lost their they way. They have a Bette Midler Factor of one. Yeah. But, uh, so as time went on, so they had... They would have albums where they'd have one hit on it, like they'd have, they did the boo, like, let me come home. I'm so they did a cover of a boob, like, cover, I don't know what the fuck. They had, you raised me up, which I I didn't like that. You uh, raised me up. Yeah. It was like a worse version of the Josh Groban version yeah. of it. I didn't, I wasn't mad on that. They did Mandy, which I liked the song Mandy to Barry Manlow. Oh, Mandy. You came and you stopped me without shaking. And I'll send you away, oh, Mandy. So there was some of this, and then, but it was coming, they weren't like the first three albums, they were, I think, and you can look this up, I I think think the most UK number ones ever are the Beatles, Elvis, and Westlife. And you can look that up and see if I'm correct about that. Their first three albums, they were blitzing it. Yeah. And then they kind of slowed down. And then... You think this is the best one? I think... Yeah, I do think it's yeah, the best that one. That rock edge you were talking about, seeing the song when you're looking like that, and it's like... Damn it. Oh! Damn it. It's like fucking... What, Black, Black Sabbath just show up in here. Someone's playing the electric guitar. Yeah. You know? And then even they're like... Cause it, and they have it, like the back end of that is like... How am I supposed to leave you now when you're looking like that? Can't believe what I just gave away. Now I can't take it back. I 
don't wanna get along. No, I don't wanna live a life without you. Am I supposed to leave you now? When you're looking like that, 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 yeah, baby. I mean, it's just. It's, I was eight years old. Yeah. I didn't know about taste. Yeah. I didn't know. I just wanted to make. Big sister, I like me, man. Yeah. And my God. Remember, she went to see them. They sold out the SECC. Yeah. The precursor of the Hydro in Glasgow. The Scottish Exhibition Conference Centre. Yeah. Biggest venue. They'd sell out in the morning. They sold it out more than anybody else. They had got an award from the SECC. The same way that Kevin Bridges has an award for the Hydro for selling that out. Westlife, you know. And Glasgow, I mean, you know, and we've got an Irish population, but like you said, in Japan... No, you know, the Irish went everywhere. They didn't yeah. go to Osaka. No. Necessarily. We avoided that. We boycotted <laughs> that in a way and it wasn't kind. But <laughs> we took America's side. We did. But we knew where our bread was buttered. Um, not after what happened at the harbour. No, of course. But uh, so I went to see Westlife yeah. 2019. Comeback tour. Croke Park. Oh. Good. Transcendence. Yeah. What was great was McFadden tried to get back in and they said, you can take your fucking ball now and go home because you had your chance. They said that. They did. Yeah. They did. They wouldn't. Do you think he wants to go around doing boys life with fucking Keith Duffy <laughs> or sell out 80,000 seater in Croke Park? Yeah. 80,000 seats they sold. Really? 80,000. 80, and they did two nights. Yeah. That's Unbelievable. Last Pete, time I was in Dublin, it was the old uh, Garth Brooks at Croke Park. There's a there's a love for Garth Brooks in Ireland that just does not make real sense. I mean, he couldn't be bigger there. Yeah. I mean, he sold he sold a few years ago. He sold, and he ended up canceling the gigs. And you're thinking you must have some money to be canceling these. <laughs> but he had he sold yeah. five hundred and fifty thousand tickets. Wow. That's one in every ten people in the country yeah. was going to get a pink cowboy hat. Yeah. Yeah. But he started off like a, a lion dancing phenomenon in Ireland in the nineties. Yeah. There's a great um there's a great page on Instagram called Um Reeling in the Weird. And it's just basically old footage of like like TV shows in Ireland. And it's one of the funniest shows. We have a great show in Ireland called Reeling in the Years that we that we just love on our Irish TV show, which will just go like 1995 and then it'll just go through everything that was happening in Ireland and the yeah, world. Yeah. At that time, I'll play songs at the time. And, uh, you know, we only had two channels, so this was fucking <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. We loved it. But so then Reeling into Weird is this Instagram page where it's just all this, like the artist, like it'll just be like, the belly, the belly cotton, the belly cotton carrot championship and they'll just you know they'll just be making programs of all the just strange weird yeah, yeah. rural things Irish people do and we're just such no one has any teeth uh -huh. we're the ugliest even if you watch like Irish sports like from like are the sports we ourselves like hurling uh, Gaelic football like the the homegrown Irish sports you know like if you watch like GAA GAA you're a learned man I love are you Ireland dice? yeah can I just say I think it's great it's a great spot flood but a masterpiece. I like I like that. Mm -hmm. Kind of like um, I'm trying to think what's flawed, but a masterpiece. Um, this album. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, absolutely. We've come full circle. <laughs> it's got eight shite songs and four whopper hits. Listen, World of Our Own by Westlife to me is Ireland because my God, <laughs> Bop Bop Baby, Uptown Ghetto. When you're looking like that, yeah. 
Evergreen later covered or later That's also right. sang by Will Young. Yes. Um, World of Our Own. Yeah. I mean, these are phenomenal songs. Queen but of My there's Heart. A lot of Queen stuff of My Heart. Yeah. Where I'm like, Island, you know. Yeah. So to me, something like Walk Away or Don't Let Me Go, that's the kind of Christian Brotherhood yeah. album. You know, that's yeah, the stuff. Yeah. A lot of bad stuff happens in Ireland as well. That's right. And that's why this is a flawed masterpiece, just like your beautiful country. Well, there's a nasty, dark undercurrent uh, in Ireland. There's a friendliness there. Yeah. And there's a, you know, we've uh, had great writers. great Phenomenal f- artists. Phenomenal artists. James Joyce. James Joyce. Flannery. Beckett. O'Brien. Yeah, Flann O'Brien. Um, you know, Roy Keane. Oh. Uh wonderful author. Jedward. Uh Jedward. Another Louis Walsh Abs- boy. Dealt. Yeah. Two uh, boy two identical boys in case one of them dies. <laughs> you get a one spare. Were any either of them really alive was the question. There was a They're alive now. They've really came to life. Jedward. Yeah, the last couple of years. Well, they're kind of they're 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 two of the most they're blessed with an unbelievable delusion that you can only say is um, lucky for them, you know. They have no idea they failed. Um, they haven't a clue. They think things have gone from strength to strength. They haven't. They really have no. They just haven't a clue what's happening. Yeah. But they, but they do believe whatever it is. It's yeah, yeah. it's good. Big time. Um, still got the hair. But that Louis, that Louis era, because the X Factor, I was. I was of that at that time. I think now everyone's very self aware about. How you know? Because there's a lot of meta stuff that's come out, so everyone's aware of how things are made. Mm. And there's a lot, even with social media, of like podcasts where we would people talk about the process of things and the makings of things, even comedy and whatnot. But there was a time there, a, a beautiful time maybe, that we were completely oblivious that what we were seeing wasn't complete truth. Sure. So you know, even like that was the interesting thing about X Factor was they literally took the process that they used to find Westlife and to find yes. Boyzone and they just showed that on TV. That's right. Because they had all those aspects of the, you know, just open invite and go through the next round and oh, yeah. try different people, different people and the judges are, you know, evil pedophiles and that's stuff. That's right. You know? And then they just put that on TV <laughs> and I think that's really cool. I thought, well, the thing was I that I didn't realise till later was that of course we're only seeing the the very best and the very worst people. Mm-hmm. We're only seeing the shittest people because it's funny how shite they are mm. and then the, the very best because they're good. Um, so there's those people, like I knew people who went for the X Factor who just never got on telly or not, like mm. the majority of people don't even get on and yeah, I did. Yeah. I couldn't have foreseen that. I thought we were seeing everything that was going on. And you can't believe they don't, you're like, you don't get to meet the judges? What are you talking about? That's like, right. <laughs> I couldn't believe, I thought you go on, you're going to see the guys. It's just you go to a producer's meeting and they're like... Is that sad happened yeah. to you? Did you ever? But the when I would watch X Factor, I would watch Louis, and of course he had uh, Jedward. Well, what happened was they 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 stopped trusting Louis with anyone good. Um, <laughs> they just got it into their head. That, Why was that? Well, I think obviously he had Boyzone and Westlife, but I think Simon, after getting to know Louis enough, decided that. <laughs> Um, that their success was nothing to do with Louis. Yeah. That they had, that there were other factors that led to that. And then, of course, he got, they gave him Shane Ward, uh-huh. who who, oh. came, who won one of the early mm. X Factors, and Louis drove him straight into the ground. Mm. Um, so they said, and then after that, they gave him another good group or two. But like, even he he had, he was One Direction's 
uh, mentor yeah. in X Factor. But yeah. as soon as it ended, they were like, Louis, you're having no. nothing to do with him. Yeah, Simon's like, yeah, yeah. I'm taking yeah. these boys and we're getting them as far away from you as we can. Because, well, there was also, you know, you don't want ripe young... Like, no. they were too young for Louis. Yeah. At least Westlife, they were 18. They were strong enough to... Even from the still, West. They got, they got beasted, though, you know. I mean, Harry was going out with a fucking 32-year-old woman or something when he was 17. Does well, Styles, I, I, I mean, <laughs> give that lad his due. I mean, he one of the horniest men that's ever lived. He's pumped it. He's just been... Just from... from they dot. He hasn't put a foot wrong. Mm. You have to give it to Styles. <laughs> he has not put a foot not, fucking uh, wrong. Uh, what, sexually or musically? Musically, sexually. As in musically, I'm not talking about, you know, he's not like he made Sgt. Pepper's uh, Lonely Hearts Band, but what I mean is like that. Yeah. For, I like that one. She, she lives in daydreams with me and I don't know why. Yeah. That one's a good one. Well, it's a beautiful tune. Thanks. Sung by a beautiful man. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm talking about you here. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. arguably bigger now. As well, yeah, absolutely, yeah. you know, yeah. And he's just he courted the press in a way that's you know has been only beneficial to him. Isn't it so interesting though that he's a straight guy yeah. who pretends to be gay? Yes, whereas back in this day, you had Mark who was gay, but you had Rock Hudson, straight, you know, yeah, back in the 50s. Yeah, oh, this feels like the 50s, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, Ireland in the 90s is America in the 50s. Well, what people don't realize, Ireland, we were very, um. We were very slow to modernize, and then we just kind of got very cool very quick, and we were like, ah, forget about the past. But we were, get, to be gay was illegal till yeah. 94. Fuck me. Yeah, uh, divorce was only legalized uh, in 97. Contraception, uh, we still don't have. And uh, so oh, so we, we were very slow. It was the 90s, Everton, once we got money... yeah. The Catholic Church started to lose their grip on us because we were driving off in our yeah. fast cars. They were like, "Fuck off! Yeah. I want to shag someone." <laughs> you know. Um, so we were quite even. Like the, even by the time Westlife came in, we were just slowly finding our way into, you know, liberalism and the twenty first yeah. century and gays. And then, luckily, uh, well, not luckily. That's a bad way to put it. But when the scandals came out about the priests, that allowed Ireland to get away from the Catholic Church. Really, those scandals. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They allowed... It was a they, license to go. They, Maybe yeah. you don't know. That's right. My thing with the pedo priests is like, hold on a minute. I don't believe in heaven. Yeah. And I'm not a pedophile. Yeah. There's this place called heaven where you're only allowed in yeah. if you're a good person. These guys believe in it and they're doing this. <laughs> they can't think, oh, I'll be in heaven now. But I think the... And I heard someone say it on uh, an episode of fucking white lotus i don't know if you watched that but it's mm. very good mm-hmm. but um mike white uh, mike white yeah, yeah directed the uh, school of rock it was ted schneebly in the school of rock <laughs> was, it's actually yeah. directed by richard Rick, richard linklater not to <laughs> sorry r- yeah not to make no, it, no no thank you not to correct you on your own part because that's nasty but no, it's a thank, he, thank he, you you're very welcome <laughs> it was a gift but they make s- white wrote it huh Mike White wrote it. He could have. He could have. Because he, he was... Must. He must have. If he was in it. Because he was just... He had... His character <laughs> was just in the very start of the film. He's Ted Schneebly. Oh, come on. He comes back. Sarah Stillman's like, the wife. Uh, yeah, there's a, a few little what? bits in it. Yeah. But um, great film. School Rock. When I saw that in the cinema... I watched it in the cinema three months ago. I thought film has been perfected. Yeah. What... You, it was it was here, was it? GFT <gasps> brought it back for the 20th anniversary, 15th anniversary or something. That's gorgeous. Phenomenal. Jack White's never been better. No. He was really on a fucking... Jumanji 2 was good, but no. 
I thought in, in Tropic Thunder, I love him when Jack he gets on his ass. He's like, my Jack ass. White, so Jack Black. Black. <laughs> I said Jack White. <laughs> oh, fuck. Easy confused. Easy he confused. Turns, Jack White turns up in Killers of the Flower Moon, actually, Does at, at the end. Just a, just a tiny little cameo. Jack yeah. White's there. I saw Jack White in Nashville when I was on acid at an old uh, veterans um at this old like Vietnam War veterans hall, oh, right? Where there's this dancing thing. So I was in Nashville and we asked <laughs> Is that what Ireland had to host Eurovision? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We outsourced it to Nashville. But uh so we went we were in Nashville and we were chatting to this old fucking we we went to some bar and we were talking to some old yokel and we were like, Hey, where are we going out to the real Nashville? We don't want this uh, these honky tonks and the tourist fucking mm. trap around here. Do you know that way? The locals hanging bang. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And then he said, Well, there's old uh, war veterans center about two miles from here down. Uh, they call it Club Eighty Eight, but you want to be careful when you go in there because you know Club Eighty Eight. That's right. Hey, Hitler. Yeah. Right. And he said, "Now you might see some people down there. You might see Jack White. You might see some other musicians, but you don't bother them none because they they like to go there because they don't get bothered." Right. Right. So right. then I went down there anyway, and yeah. I took a half a tab of acid, and none of my friends were taking any acid because they were cowardly men. Yeah. So. But I went in there and, and by God, White was in there dancing with his girl and everyone was leaving him alone. Wow. Till I got my hands on him. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, do, do the song. Just him looking around. Just giving it the old fucking. Yeah. And I, and I, and I said, listen. And, and I handed them a hard copy of Westlife's World of Their Own. And I said, I've listened to some real music. See what you can come up with. Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, did you enjoy an album? Huh? Did you enjoy an album this week? Listen to this album? Oh, I loved it. Brought me back as well. Yeah. Brought me back. Um, and made me reappreciate. I think Westlife were a cultural punchline very unjustly for a long time. And yeah. I think that history has been kind to them. Yeah. And and I think there's a lot of people with egg on chin now looking back because these are some of the best shit crafted huh shit on the lips feces fecal matter <laughs> all over their lips like like Oscar Wilde after a, a wild night um <laughs> what <are> these days <laughs> Oscar Wilde well are people shitting on Oscar Wilde skeleton they are and it's not that, right but that's sure, look, wrong however you get your kicks I let you off but uh, <laughs> I have plenty to say about Oscar Wilde but um. I did, I, I had a great time. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? I really enjoyed it. And honestly, I remember uh, singing Westlife for you and knowing him at the Glee. That's we were right. in that horrible wee hotel. Yes. And we were up to all of us. And I was, you started talking about how much you liked Westlife. And I was scared to also say I liked it in case you were taking the piss. Yeah. But I was brave. I said, I really like them. And then you turned out you liked them as well. You were in a safe space. Safe space that night. And for we, sure. were, we were safe space to be boys and to be friends. Mm hmm. And to be vulnerable and to express ourselves. And honestly, see that night, Mark, we were in a world of our own. <laughs> oh, baby! Every week we had uh, two songs a piece to the playlist. I don't think I've run this past you. Yeah. We need to add in a song uh, from the album each. Yes. And then 
also have a slight discussion on any song that's been brought up, any artist that's been brought up. If you want to put in a wee boy's own number or yeah. uh, a Jack White number, <laughs> whatever yeah. you want to stick on the playlist, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to stick on from that. You, you have first go. I'm going. To, what would you like to put on? What's your favorite song from this? Would you like to add to the playlist? Um, I'm going to put on um, Queen of My Heart. She's a queen of my heart. Yeah, I'm going to put on uh, Queen of My Heart. I remember when I played um, in Croke Park 2019, and there wasn't a dry eye in the house. Yeah, there was one boyfriend who was sulking who. With his girlfriend who's in front of me, who ref- who had his back turned to the stage the whole show. Really, in Brian protest. McFadden. It was McFadden. <laughs> it was McFadden. Him and Katona had gotten back together. And yeah. he life was. breaks and just carving life breaks in mysterious ways. Aren't his? Okay. Yeah, uh, Duffy. <laughs> Duffy was trying to sell tires down the back. Uh, Duffy brought a tire and just sat in it like it was uh, a little white water rafting scenario. <laughs> <laughs> trying to sell him his seats uh, yeah so I go queen of, queen of my heart she's yeah. a queen of my, my heart. heart I'm going to honestly there's a bit in the bot bot baby video where it comes up and it goes and it, you know it's just set in the past it's a historical fiction mm-hmm. that's set video uh, I think Vinnie Vinnie Jones the stars yes and uh, there's a bit yes, at the start where it goes uh, when men were men women were virgins and sex was still sexy and you know, I don't even know what that means, man. But then it, but this is gonna be a ballad. Yeah. Yes. And history, history, music changed. Yeah. Nobody said it would be easy. No. <laughs> I mean, fuck me. It's just a real, honestly, Boba Betty. It, it, I genuinely think if they had just do, came up do, with a different three-word phrase, that would be seen as one of the greatest pop songs of all time. Do you know what? I, what's so funny about that, and I never quite articulated what you're saying there, but it, it, because the chorus is so strong. And Please yet it, don't yet let me go. go. I live my life this way. So like that. You, when but, I call you. What do you think this means, by the way? When I call you at home and he answers the phone. I get that. Yeah. New partner with the woman. Yeah. Then he goes, when I get your machine and I don't hear me. Do you think they recorded an answering machine message together that has now been deleted and replaced? I think that has to be what it means. Because I don't understand. Because I answer the, I ring the machine, and now it's a new one mm. with this other fella, George. But is that what people do in relationships? They go, let's do our couple's answering well, machine. Well, these are not just any boys. These are lovely boys. And they like to record messages together for their friends to hear when they call their house. They're simple creatures. They're simple creatures. They're creatures of habit, and they love their mothers. <laughs> okay. And they love we'll an apple tart. the first two tracks, and they're yeah. both incredible yeah. tracks. If I had my way... Obviously, we live under the Iron Fist of Liam Whiff now, the cock and ball exploded English bastard. <laughs> um, you know, I would happily put on When You're Looking Like That and uh, Evergreen, World of Our Own. That's right. Up, uptown, I mean, my God, Uptown yeah. Girl, I could speak, we would have to do a Billy Joel episode just to speak about Uptown That's Girl. That's right. Um, it's an incredible song. I could I could stick them on. Uh, what What about a song that we've spoke about today? Would you like to put on a boy's own mm. number? Or, um, you know... Um, Robbie Williams, mayhaps. I believe Rock DJ's already. I feel like um, Rock DJ, uh, Robbie Williams. I also feel um, there is a song that Five recorded when they broke up, Mm. uh, which was the last thing they recorded. And of course, things have ended sadly for every single one of them. (laughs) 
Um, not one of them pulled the styles or a Williams. They all went straight to Greg's. But <laughs> they all just fucking they, they all Did just they absolutely. Um, so there was a song that at the very end, and I can't. The, but there was a very emotional song they broke up and in the video was a montage of their 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 moments together and time backstage where they were frolicking yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and friends and just having fun. And if you can look that song up, it's a beautiful emotional song. Um, Whoever yeah. that, you know, Mega Slippers, that one, G Howlett do the, the the playlist. I'm sure they can do the research. Yeah. Then as also the uh, the boys on song, no matter what. Uh huh. No matter what Yeah, it's real good gear. Oh, it's beautiful. They sound like the, the wild dogs. Yeah, you know, I get. Oh well, I mean, Keating's paying for it now. I mean, yeah. he's he's, <laughs> he's hospitalized. Yeah, most yeah, of the time he's out. he's brought. He has a little metal thing in there, and he's. Coming, I am Ronan. Keegan. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going yeah. to stick on life as a roller coaster, and isn't Oy. it just? Isn't uh, it just? Yeah. Uh, life as a roller coaster. Just got to ride it. I need you. Yeah. Don't fight it. I don't yeah. know what you meant by that, but I love it. Yes. I love it to bits, and so, I, I've loved having you on, Mike. I've wanted to get you on for a while. Yes. You're in town. Liam's away. I thought I'll do an extra one and fucking some some gaff. Yes. I, I enjoyed that immensely. I love you. And um and I love Westlife and, and I just hope that this wakes people up or reawakens people to the to the wonder. The fucking skill. Yeah. The talent. The talent. And, and was, the wholesomeness. The wholesomeness. It was fine. You could have four lads, five lads in blue jeans with their hands in their pockets and nobody yeah. nowadays you couldn't do that. And it's a shame. <laughs> It's a shame. <laughs> You're not allowed a couple of boys with their hands in their blue jeans. No. Know? Now it's looked at as... Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> See you, lads. Thank Up you. the lads. Thank you very much. Uh, peace and love in the new millennium. Thanks for having Thanks for being on. <laughs>